the question we're going to ask is, I'm going to mention about three phrases, okay, or scenarios or states of mind. And uh, you'll see something that is really, really common about these three. I mean, these four. And uh, it's, it's interesting that you're going to find out that uh, the scriptures give some very direct answers concerning this state uh, of the mind. Why? Because the battle takes place in the mind. I think I remember a book that was done uh, by a lady entitled The Battle of the Mind. That book cover had a picture of chess, but all of that takes place in the mind. What do I do? How do I go about it? And uh, a lot takes place in the mind, but also a lot of sinful things can take place uh, in the mind. But here's a statement. The first one is what we know as YOLO. It's a philosophy of life uh, that says you only live once. And usually this is out of excitement that we make these decisions. You only live once. But the other state of the mind is one of depression. One of depression. And that's another extreme. It's not parting. It's not extreme. And I mean, it's not a happy life. It's kind of the opposite of you only live once. And usually, I think, it happens after we've spent our wealth in wild living, where we've spent our resources in wild living, just like the prodigal son that we were talking about, the state of depression, the state of depression. All of this is taking place in the mind, the battle of the mind. But the first, the fourth state of, uh, of the mind is a downness where there doesn't seem to be anything. It's almost in between um, in between YOLO, you only live once, and depression where there's just a sense of, okay, what's next? I wonder what the next thing is. You wake up in the morning and there's no plan. There's a downness. There's just no plan. Sometimes it can be because hard stuff has hit you. Uh, you've lost a job. Maybe the friend who you had planned to meet up that day just has not showed up. They may be cancelled. Or you woke up in the morning and you're trying to go meet a friend um, or go out for a picnic like some friends of mine and it rains so hard and you know this is just not going to happen. And so there you are. You found yourself with a moment where there is just no plan. That's the state of the mind. But there's another extreme. That is being more like dull, maybe idle, but it's another extreme where you're too busy to even think. You're too busy to even think. And I want to say that there's lots of people I've talked to recently who have found themselves in this particular state of the mind where you're too busy, too busy that not, not even nothing can get into your schedule. There's just no space I have a friend who was, his prayer request was, I pray that God will give me maybe a 25-hour day. But the 24 hours are just not enough. Too busy to even think. That's the other extreme of a state of the mind. And I have a friend who found themselves in this place. Too busy to even think. And uh, almost mixed up with all the others, sense of uh, depression, sense of regret. And one of the statements he made was this. He said, I found myself praying for God to fix my gods. I found myself in a place where I'm praying for God to fix my gods. 
where you want god requires that we forsake those gods those idols but when you find yourself in a place where you cannot do without certain things you want to get as much as you can you want to grab as much as you can and 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 you're praying to god to fix your gods i i had never heard of that statement but that statement really really spoke to my heart so there you are you have these three states of the mind one is a philosophy in thinking that i need to enjoy as much as i can right now which is you only live once but you also have another state called depression you also have another state called there's just no plan it's just dullness the state of being dull almost where david was and one of being too busy and the question that i have is what do the following states of the mind have in common what do all of these states of the mind have in common and there's one thing you're going to find that all of these have a sense in which there's a general blandness of the future the future is just not clear at all there's a sense in which you cannot tell how the future is going to look like the future is not defined for you and that right there is going to help us put all of these things in perspective if we can get the future in its right perspective in the way god looks at the future all of these other things will fall in place how does yolo look at the future yolo is telling you you only live once the future is dead so therefore live for now live for now i was here just watching a, a small clip of one of those philosophers who has studied uh, uh Buddhism he studied theology i think he had a masters in theology and he's come up with a statement or a philosophy where he says there is no past there is no future why because the past is past it's gone but also the future no one is sure about the future and he's saying life is now that was his conclusion life is the right now and i think that's a very dangerous place to be where there's no sense of the future and you're thinking the future is dead life is now that is how yolo views the future the statement you only live once that's how they view the future but the other is depression how does depression view the future depression says there is no hope for the future my life is done there's just no hope Yes the future is there but it looks dark it looks horrible i do not even know what's going to happen tomorrow i think i'm doomed this is it this is it you're living in regret and you're looking at the future and it's just not there no wonder people take their lives to come out of that state he says you know what i'd rather give up life because it's just hopeless it's a hopeless future there's just no hope we lose all the hope but how about the sense of downness the sense of downness says you know there's no reason to get up there's no reason to work there's no reason to hustle just chill just chill there's just no reason there's no need to there's no need to and so you sit back and i think that's where david was because he sent his best men to battle other kings are there at battle and he said you know what ah all is okay all is okay god has provided and there's no reason to get up and go fighting why fight why hustle why hustle and right there you do not see god's call for your life you're seeing life based on what you have 
on how God has blessed you and there's just no reason to get up. There's just no reason to get up. But being too busy also has a very skewed uh, perspective of the future. He says, I must have it done right now. I must have it done right now. That is what being too busy does for you. You must get it done right now. And you sacrifice anything and everything to get it done right now. Because the future is so packed. There's so much coming up and there's no time to do anything else. I must get it done right now. Why is that a very dangerous place to be? It's dangerous to be in that state. Why? Because you begin to throw out what is important and you focus on tasks. Your time with God becomes something else. Your time in God becomes rushed. It becomes painful because you're focusing on a to-do list and it's just not getting done. And guess what? you begin to throw out the most important things. Friends are thrown out when we are too busy. These are friends who will give you godly counsel. These are friends who will advise you. These are friends who will spot the danger ahead of you and will warn you. And guess what? We throw them out. We throw them out because we are too busy. Because we are too busy. Each of these states has a very skewed view and perspective of the future. Where are we getting all of this from? Where are we getting all of this from? We're getting all of this from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we'll start from verse 12. 1 Corinthians 15 from verse 12. And I pray that at the end of our discussion tonight, at the end of our discussion tonight, we will live every day of our lives with eternity's perspectives, eternity's values and views that will live our lives with eternity's values and views that will look at life the way God looks at it because God looks at life with eternity in mind. He has a plan that makes sense with eternity in mind. Sometimes God's plan does not make sense right now that we will live our lives with eternity's values and views. 1 Corinthians 15 talking about those that doubted the resurrection. They were questioning the resurrection. And this is what it says. Listen to verse 12. It's quite a chunk of a passage, but I pray that you will follow along. He says in verse 12, Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? 1 Corinthians 15, 12. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testify about God that he raised Christ whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And verse 17, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we, of all people, most to be pitied. Hmm. 
One of the things you're going to notice is this, that Christ is at the center of the right perspective of the future. Christ is at the center of the correct perspective of the future. Christ is right there at the center. Paul is picking up this concept of eternity in talking about the resurrection of the dead, in talking about the resurrection of Christ. He is right there at the center of it all. If there are different processes, if there are different tasks that are happening in the present right now, they are all pointing to the resurrection of Christ. They are all pointing to eternity. They are all pointing to the rapture. They are pointing at his return. They are all pointing to Christ, Christ, Christ. And if those arrows are pointing anywhere else, they are out of place. They are out of place. Christ is at the center of the correct perspective of the future. But number two, you're going to notice something. That death is not the end. Why? Because there is a resurrection. Death is not the end. And so I pray that if you're going through a very difficult time right now, just like uh, Jonah, where he said he was so angry that he prayed that God would just kill him. The guy is saying, I'm so angry, just kill me now. That your emotions, if they can torture your heart, even to the point of feeling like death, I want to remind you, I want to remind you that there is hope. There is hope. There is hope. If you've lost someone during this time, which I believe most of us know someone who passed on either because of COVID or other related incidences. I have a friend who also lost their dad. Why? Because they couldn't take the dad to hospital uh, to receive uh, care in time. They kept being stopped by roadblocks and being asked questions and all sorts of things that by the time they got to hospital, the dad was gone. But if you've lost someone during this time, I want to encourage you and say, death is not the end. Death is not the end. Because there is a resurrection of Christ. He rose up fast so that we can know that he is. He is. But look at verse 20 of uh, 1 Corinthians 12. It says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. Christ has been raised from the dead. Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. Remember that. Remember that. Remember that. But the, 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 the wrong perspective of the future is to doubt, one, the resurrection, but also to doubt Christ is being raised from the dead. And verse 17 bring, paints a very interesting picture there. It says, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Look carefully at that verse. If And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Talking about death, talking about sin, talking about the resurrection. When you look at verse 17, it's also true that sometimes we feel like our faith is futile because there are moments where we pause and we say, okay, what am I living for? Why am I even here? It doesn't seem to make sense. The wicked seem like they are prospering. Sometimes our faith feels like it's futile. That moment where you're being tempted and you're thinking, ah, is there even reason to resist? There doesn't seem to be a reason for faith. We are having the wrong perspective of eternity at that moment. And he's saying, isn't it also true that our faith, number one, is futile, but also that 
we are still in our sin. It doesn't look like Christ ever dealt with sin at all. I think that state can also happen to us where we begin to doubt whether Christ did. Why? Because just like Paul is saying, the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. It feels like my faith is down. It's just not making sense. I'd like you to focus on eternity. I'd like you to be reminded that yes, when he died, he took care of our sin. He took care of our sin. Look at verse 21. He says, For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. It's alive, yes, of being raised from the dead. But I also believe that the salvation, the life we're living now, we live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave himself for us. And that life we're living now is victory as well from sin. Verse 23, But each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. I read quickly verse 24, Then comes uh, the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For we must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection, under his feet. Let me skip over all the way uh, to verse to verse 32. Verse 32. And Paul asked the question, what do I gain if, humanly speaking, I fought with beasts at Ephesus? And he says, if the dead are not raised, he comes up with the conclusion here, he says, if the dead are not raised, let us drink, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. And right there, ladies and gentlemen, is a millennial philosophy of the only live once. Paul addresses it. Paul addresses it. We don't just live once. We don't just live once. Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. I say, don't be deceived. Verse 33. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Wake up from your drunken stupor as is right and do not go on sinning. For some have no knowledge of God. I say this to your shame. Hmm. Those are very some very difficult words right there. Some very difficult words right there. He says, if the dead are not raised, if the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Wake up. From your drunken stupor, as is right, and do not go on sinning. For some have no knowledge of God. I say this to your shame. Why have we ended up in 1 Corinthians 15 in trying to address the dull moment? I took the dull moment scenario and I likened it to several other philosophies that take place in our minds. One is the concept of living once say you only live once, which is a famous one, YOLO. And we said also depression is another state of the mind, but also being too busy is another state of the mind. All of which can lead to sin. All of which lead to sin. And they have one thing in common. The future is messed up with those philosophies. The future is just messed up. If you don't want to get up, there's no reason. You don't see a reason to fight. You don't reason, see a reason to get up. You just chill. 
If you're too busy, you have a wrong perspective of the future. You think time has gone. And so what happens? You say, I don't have any other time to do this. I must have it done now and we sacrifice important things. But also, when you only live for once, you're saying the future is dead, I need to live for now. I'm not sure about the future. I need to enjoy life and enjoy it now. And each of those is common. It has a similar um, liking. It's also likened to the dullness of the mind where you're just chilling. Why? Because the future just doesn't make sense. The call and the urgency of Christ's call in your life is nowhere to be seen. Is nowhere to be seen. And that's what Paul is addressing in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 32. He's saying, if there's no resurrection, if there's no hope for the future, let's, let's just eat for tomorrow we die. And that right there is a representation of no focus for the future at all. And he goes ahead to one and says, don't be deceived in verse 33. Bad company ruins good morals. Wake up from your drunken stupor as is right and do not go on sinning. For some have no knowledge of God. As listening to um john piper and the question is asking you can check this kind of small very, very tiny video on youtube the question he was asking is why do phd holders end up committing adultery and by that it didn't mean just those who have gone to school and done theology but he's referring to those who know the scriptures in and out maybe you and i he said what happens and his answer is, those never knew God at all. They never knew God. Because once you know God, you will have the right perspective concerning the future. You will have the right perspective concerning sin. And it's more like what Paul is ending up with here. He says, for some have no knowledge of God. And this is shameful, when we have no knowledge of God. And in those last verses right there, I think what Paul is saying is that be sober, be sober about the future and about the present. Be sober about time. Be sober. Have the right perspective of time. You will not find yourself in that dull moment when you have the right perspective of time. But also, be sober about your friends because it says bad company ruins good morals. Be sober when it comes to your friends and how your time is spent with friends. Be sober. Because you hang out with the wrong chaps, you'll end up in the wrong places. Be sober about your friends and man. Be sober with how you spend your time, especially the free time. But also, be sober about what sin looks like. And he said, do not continue sinning. Do not go on sinning. Constant sin is a sign that something is wrong. Constant sin is a sign that something is terribly wrong. And so, even as we think about David, who in the spring of the day, when the kings went to battle, David just simply sent Job and his servants with him and all Israel. And it so happened that late one afternoon, he simply arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house. And he saw from the roof a woman bathing and the woman was very beautiful. And if you could continue in that story, which we shall read on Friday, David sent and inquired about this woman and said, Is it is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? 
Interesting question right there. But David sent for messengers and he took her and she came to him and he lay with her. And right there began the bloodshed in David's household. Building the temple was taken away from him and you can mention and know all the other repercussions that came with that particular decision of staying home when other kings went to war. A little sleep, a little slumber and poverty, even even spiritual poverty comes down like a group of bandits. And so let's be careful. I thought I should point that out tonight as we get ready for Friday, as we look at the scarlet later. I thought I should point that out and just maybe cause us to think how can we be able not to be dull, to be active, to be sober is the actual biblical word. To be sober. To be sober about our perspective of the future, about our perspective of what, how God looks at life. And so this, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of our talk. I pray that you have been blessed. I pray that uh, we'll get up. I pray that we'll get up. I pray that we'll not be so busy that we'll make and put the important things back in their place. And I pray that our lives will be much, much better as we get victory over sin. Why? Just like Jack Watson used to sign his letters, we are on the victory side. The battle that we are fighting right now, Christ has already fought it. Christ has already fought it. Amen? I don't know if Lucy is still with us. I think she is. But Lucy, what are your thoughts as you have been listening in? What are your thoughts? Uh, well, the just thinking through what you said about being uh, being dull in that that in what what we choose to do what we choose to do in our busyness i think that's what stood out for me because busyness is my, my middle name and the choices i make in that uh, i'm reminded to focus on what is important there are times I will let things slide and I'll say, ah, this is, this, uh, maybe I'll do my quiet time later. I need to, I need to get started, cook early and what, have meals ready and what, 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 so that I can have time maybe to do my homework later. Generally, set, I set things aside which are not, it's, things just turn upside down. So I'm, I'm being reminded to put first things first. Even in the busyness of it all, there are things that are more important than others. Uh, the world is not going to come to an end. Uh, yes, things go haywire every now and then, but when we put first things first, especially esteeming the word of God above all else and choosing to spend time in the word and allow God to take charge of my day first thing uh, it gives me it propels me into the day with a better state of mind regardless of how busy it's going to be it equips me it will equip me to walk with God through the busyness of it all and be sensitive to God guiding me into choosing making the right choices even when I'm caught in the middle of something not knowing which choice to make he can help me make the right choice yeah that's that's 
that stood out for me. Because I get caught in that a lot. Amen. Amen. Thanks. And I pray that uh, maybe each one of us has picked at least one state of, uh, of the mind. Uh, maybe it's current for you right now in terms of what may be happening in your life. Uh, I don't know if it's depression or the loss of focus in saying I'll only live once. So I need to enjoy life now. There's no, there's no sense of eternity. Uh, but maybe you're too busy like uh, most of us are. Most of us are. In fact, today I also just chose to just uh, find time to rest. Why? Because it's it's been crazy. It's been extremely crazy the last couple of days. But again, let's find time for the important things uh, like Lucy has pointed out. All right, I'm going to let you guys go right now and hope to see you uh, on Friday. If you're joining us for the first time, do not uh, forget to click that follow button so you can be notified every time uh, we are live. And thank you so much, guys, for joining us uh, this evening for Cabin Devils. I pray that you've been blessed. Um, the purpose of all of this is so that we can go to bed just thinking about something from God's Word. If you're going to listen to a podcast before you go to bed, you, go to you, go to bed. you can as well grow in your faith. Cabin Devils. Cabin Devils. Your number one live podcast. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 9 p.m. East African Time.